The Matrix is a computer-generated dream world built to keep us under control in order to change a human being. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on Pain.tv. Join the discussion at Pain.tv slash gold. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Dustin Gold Standard right here on Payne.tv slash gold. My name is Dustin Gold. This is episode 148, ladies and gentlemen. I told you wide awake Jim would be back today. If you have not had an opportunity, you can listen to, I think he's been, this will be his 10th appearance on this show. So we've been dissecting. Uh, just tons and tons of research he's been doing on Bank for International Settlements, International Monetary Fund, the World Bank, the central banking system. Now he's getting deep into the weeds of the Rockefellers, which has been tying into a lot of the work that we've been doing over here. So as Jim has been texting me highlighted pages on all these books he's been reading, I shared some of those with you folks. If you want to try to buy those books, they're fantastic. Uh, And then the research I'm doing and the research Maria Albanese, co-host of the Thomas Paine podcast, is doing. Um, I mean, it's just insanity. And the Rockefellers are basically behind every single curtain. So Jim's back. He's going to direct where this show goes. We have literally hundreds of documents that he's been through. Uh, I think we're coming to the realization we'll never be able to go through all of them. But if you folks join Payne.tv slash gold, any of the shows that Jim has been on, are over there, the ad-free video versions of this show. There's a link to a Google Drive that I set up with all of the documents there. And then some of the older episodes, going back to episode 80 and 88, those actually have the documents embedded in them. But then the young bucks that run the pain.tv slash cold website said, okay, we can't embed 200 documents. Just make us a Google Drive folder and we'll put that up. So you folks can get a hold of all that. Jim's going to go through some of this. It's just now this information that he has, which is pressing, is months old uh, on the timeline of his research. And now he's like three or four books deeper into this stuff and it's just getting to be uh it's getting to be crazy so jim um welcome back to the show we appreciate you coming on again for folks that don't know jim was a cpa he was a financial planner and he's currently in the oil and gas royalties industry so how are you jim doing good <laughs> No, it's nobody's throwing me out of the coffee shops when I'm reading and laughing in the mornings. <laughs> so everything's good. It's crazy though, like because you have a whole library of books, and I mean, you said you, you've got dozens upon dozens you haven't gotten to yet. But every one you uh, open up seems to get better and better. It's like, yeah, just as you start to think that you figured out the scam, <laughs> it goes deeper and deeper and deeper. Well, if people want the Cliff Notes version of all the, I don't know, 3,000 pages of documents that, that I've gone through and we're going to cover, they can uh, they can go buy this book. <laughs> yeah, that one is Rockefeller Controlling the Game. And I showed that to the audience uh, the other day by Jacob, uh, what is it, Norengard? Norengard. Yeah. Nordengard. 
Nordengard. I, sh- I showed that to the audience the other day and then also Earth Brokers uh, because I yeah. was telling them, as you're reading it, you're basically sending me the cliff notes because you take pictures of the highlighted pages. Of course, uh, 92% of the pages are highlighted <laughs> when you sent them. But I mean, this. I stuff- know. I I tried. I try. I'm like every page. I'm like, okay, I'm gonna highlight less, but it's all so damn important <laughs> that I highlight most of it. And then I keep telling myself, I'm not gonna send you the pages. I'm not gonna send you the pages. And it's it's so critical. You have to see it. Yeah, and I think what the audience needs to understand is. The books themselves, especially this Rockefeller book, oh, and even Earth Brokers, basically these things are telling you the origins of the documents that Jim has been reviewing. So the documents we're reviewing are actually the byproduct of what occurred, you know, 20, 40, 60, 100 years ago when the Rockefellers were basically taking control of the science uh, industry, healthcare industry, you know, banking, uh, uh, fossil fuel, I mean, everything. So you look at all the origins and then you go, okay, all the stuff you're finding now going into central bank digital currency and everything else are just the byproduct of the original blueprint that was put together a hundred years ago. Well, it's more than that. Um, we're going to go through a lot of documents from a lot of different organizations. And every one of these organizations was initially funded or founded by the Rockefellers or their buddies, the Carnegie's or the, or the Fords, but largely the Rockefellers. Yeah. And then that's something we've come across in some of the research I've been doing on separate projects. For instance, we came across a, a book that I found talking all about these uh, surrogate um bogus foundations some real foundations that are set up in cooperation with the cia or its precursor oss they would take government money funnel it through ford foundation use that to take america's might and spread that into europe and uh really promote mass production mass consumption and everything uh even before world war ii ended and then you start to look at ford foundation you find out they're connected in with the rockefellers they have all kinds of joint projects going on i mean it's crazy because um i mean once you see it you can't unsee it and no. uh, i think yeah i mean it, it, it's and nuts. so many of these organizations were initially funded and founded by big oil so yeah. it wasn't some cases it was royal dutch shell well who was that that was the rothschilds yeah and then the rothschilds formed and, an alliance eventually with the rockefellers right they, they formed a truce versus competing with each other uh they decided to work together yeah, I got to read this one little part from the book because the audience will love it. I mean, it's, so it's, this is this is related to um, after the Stockholm conference in 1972, where they invited all these different activists to to come join the conference and participate. <laughs> it says here the plan worked perfectly. Their, their enemies, their meaning the activist enemies, were, ironically, the same super capitalists that had both funded them and crafted the ideals they were now fighting for. <laughs> it's, it's, they it's, became, it's, in effect, they became what we today would call controlled opposition and pause, pawns in an illusory dichotomy. Yeah, and I was going to say that, Jim. It actually goes beyond... The idea of a controlled opposition, because in the end, these guys actually end up fighting for the things 
that the Rockefellers, the bankers, the big oil guys want, when in fact they originally signed up thinking they were going to fight against it, but they end up actually fighting for it. Like, for instance, a lot of what you uncovered, um, and we've talked about here with the IMF, the International Monetary Fund, they basically end up going into these areas with, say, indigenous primitive people taking them over and then Mm -hmm. industrializing them. At the same time, complaining that the primitive people are polluting, but then once they're industrialized, they're polluting. And now once you become a first world country, which really just means you're part of the technocracy, now we are polluters and the only way out of it is for us to adopt uh, to adopt carbon credit-based central bank digital currency. It's, I, I mean, you have to give them credit because frankly, it's, it's ingenious what they were able to accomplish. Well, the CBDC really is, when you boil it down and think about it, it, it's it's obviously going to give them more power and control, but it's essentially the next monetary system because if you look all over the world, the debt-based monetary system is coming to an end. They've racked up too much debt. It's mm. going to collapse at some point, so they have to have another system ready to usher in. And it'll just give them more power and more control. Yeah, and do you think in the end, I mean, it'll just allow them to hide uh, more of the the scams and the schemes that are embedded inside the current system, right? So this way, once it all goes digital and they're just minting tokens in cyberspace, at that point, they, well, they can, won't hide it. Yeah. They won't hide it because if they want to increase the monetary supply, they'll, they'll give everybody tokens. If they want to decrease the monetary supply, they'll take them away. Mm-hmm. There won't be any hiding. Yeah. No, I think at this point they're not really hiding. I mean, there's just more and more stuff coming out uh, out every day. I, I mean, and this is just so people understand how huge this is. When you start reading that book that Jim held up, the Rockefeller book, and then um, tie in a lot of the little stories I've told, just like micro stuff. These guys control everything from the scientists. Uh, I found that the guy who was uh, doing the mind bending on Ted Kaczynski back at Harvard, this guy was the first one to bring psychoanalytics to the United States. He went off and he studied and interviewed Sigmund Freud and then Carl Jung, comes back to the U.S., they bring psychoanalytics analytics in. Who is he funded by? The Rockefeller Institute. The, I told the guy was an agent of the Rockefellers his whole entire career, whether he's with the OSS, the CIA, Harvard, or working directly under Rockefeller. Rockefeller was dumping all kinds of money into all the Ivy League schools, the colleges, the universities, all in partnership with the intelligence apparatus here. So they've controlled everything from all the propaganda, mind control studies, how to mass manipulate, socially engineer. I mean, completely changed the medical industry. You know, we went from holistic and natural medicine to the big pharma, pharmaceutical medicine we have today. I mean, they literally transformed everything, not just in this country, but around the world, because most of the European countries and the rest of the West would just follow uh, what we did. I mean, not follow, we would go force it upon them. But I mean, you could see like they have controlled everything, like every scientific study that was done on a, how to manipulate humans, uh, entertainment, media. You can find the Rockefellers behind almost all of it. The very first person to develop a climate change model was funded by the Rockefellers. <laughs> All of the technocracy crap at these universities were funded by the Rockefellers. In -hmm. fact, some of the schools were started by the Rockefellers. Yeah. Yep. 
And then they I want you to pull up that chart. Remember that that CO2 annual CO2 chart mm -hmm. that goes back to 1750? Oh yeah. Remember I asked the question how did they measure CO2 in 1750? Mm -hmm. Or 1800, 1850? While you do that, I'm going to look up the page of this book because uh, I found the answer. All right, Jim, we got it up. Uh, here's the chart right here. So this is the annual CO2 emissions by world region. Yeah, and so this chart, when I found this chart, uh, a couple of questions came to mind. You know, when you go to the website, you, there's a there's a, a bar at the at the bottom. You can scroll by year and move the start year. And so one of the first questions I had was, okay, well, how much of this increase in CO2 emissions was China or India? And when you, when you also hover your mouse over it on the website, these little boxes come up and it tells you by country or region how much CO2 emissions were that for that year. And so then I just took a screenshot of 2021 and, and 1979 to show 100% of the entire increase between those, those what, 40 years. Uh, was China, India, and Southeast Asia, obviously from coal power generation. Wow. But more, and then the other thing I questioned was how the heck did they measure CO2 at all in 1750, let alone by what where it came from, or 1800, 1850. And we said that on the show. Well, in the Rockefeller book, I found a little interesting tidbit. It's, there was a uh, something called the International Geophysical Year which was 1957 and 1958. Uh, it had been proposed in 1950 by physicist Lloyd Berkner of the National Academy of Sciences, Rockefeller funded. And so what happened is in the, the International Geophysical Year resulted in the first breakthrough for the carbon dioxide theory. Measurements of CO2 levels in the atmosphere were initiated at Hawaii. So the first mm. measurement wasn't until 1958, but somehow <laughs> they decided to put in this chart all the way back to 1750. <laughs> that's uh, 200 years earlier. Yeah, that's fantastic. The only reason they do that is to create another hockey stick chart that's completely bogus. Yeah, definitely. Yep, it's all propaganda. I mean, we know that they definitely uh, definitely do that. All right, so uh, now what do you want? What do you want to get into? Oh, by the way, I think when you were searching, your camera got yeah. There you go. All right, sorry, you were falling off the screen there. All right, so do you want do you want to get into this green swan stuff, or what do you want to talk about uh, talk about today? Let's. We got to get through some of these documents, and for the audience to just so you know, we're going to pick up the pace dramatically. Um, so we're going to skip some a lot of stuff. But as Dustin said, the documents are archived on a Google Drive. Um, so you got to join pain.tv to go get them, or I don't know if you want to set that up and give it out to somebody. It's up to you. And I think at the same time, to be honest, if there is someone out there in the audience who has written a book <laughs> and uh, or enjoys writing books, I think at some point we could write the definitive Bible to uh, the whole hidden history of the world. 
uh, with all this stuff that's been gathered. I mean, like you, you're reading all these books, but I mean, when you read all these other books and then you find all these documents, you could literally put this together into a whole nother book. Um, because it takes a lot of the stuff people did and updates it with everything that's being done right now. Uh, that That's the big yeah. takeaway of this stuff is, and, I, and this is why I tell, uh, you know, family members, my father, even Fox News, because, like, stop getting so um, agitated by the stuff you're watching on the news. The actors that are on TV and in politics, whatever they say today literally has no effect on what happens tomorrow. This stuff has already been scripted and blueprinted. They're just rolling it out piece by piece by piece. I mean, this is what this proves. Um, again, the solutions like you've laid out and I've laid out are, are solutions you're going to have to um, work into your personal life. You know, And each of us is, is going to have individual solutions because we have different goals and we're in different financial situations. And I know people, they wish they could move out to the woods of you know, West Virginia or Tennessee, but they can't because they live in a city and they take care of their family. So everyone's in a different situation. Yeah. But I think what happens is once you understand what's actually coming, then you can um, prepare for it. And it's not or it's not some organic thing that's going on today. I mean, they're trying to move all this stuff forward because it's already been planned and already been architected. Mm-hmm. Right. I think I think the biggest thing, um, you know, and as you're reviewing more and more stuff, I think. And like Mike Moore over at the Thomas Paine podcast does, I think the big thing that everyone is looking for, what's the most valuable information is how long it's going to take them to hit their next set of goals, their next set of goals, so that people can try to get ahead of this. Uh, I think that's the important part. And the more you know, the more you know and the more information that we're able to gather, the better you're able to predict, like, shit, do I have until 2030? to get out and get my piece of land? Do I have two years, four years? I mean, the more you know, then uh, the more proactive you can be, I think. Well, I think you, you can do some stuff real quick, okay? You can go find a small local local community bank tomorrow. It, that's not going to hurt anybody. You know, what service do they offer you, these big banks offer you that would make you want to stay? Go get a local community bank, start using cash, Talk to local business owners about putting up a sign, the cash preferred, and here's why. Um, talk to the local cashiers that are you know in their 20s or whatever and why you're using cash. Uh, just simple stuff like that. Shop locally for your food. Uh, go analog as much as you can. I mean, those are simple things you could do today. Yeah, I get, you know, finding a piece of land in the woods somewhere might take a while. But... Every, everybody has a different opinion on when CBDCs are going to be ready. We all agree they're coming. <laughs> I'm of the camp that they're not as, 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 as uh, close as, as they want you to think. And I was listening to Titus the other day, and he made a very good point. This was about the, uh, you know, the Fed now thing that, that has started in 2023. It is a, is a pilot project that they're going to roll out in stages over, over several years. The first stage is no different than Venmo. Mm -hmm. Literally, I tell the Fed now system, all right, you know that I want to transfer money to you using the Fed. The Fed now system's behind the scenes, like Venmo would be. Mm -hmm. My bank then tells Fed now that it's going to transfer money to your bank, and then you get an alert that it's like Venmo. It's no mm -hmm. different. And Titus made a great point. 
I think Venmo's even on board with it helping. Yeah, well, Titus was like, you know, it's interesting that they keep telling you that they're working on a pilot project from a white paper, from a project. It, it's, it tells you that they're trying to scare you into, hey, this is coming and it's coming now when they're not ready. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But what do you, what do you think they're trying to scare everyone for? Well, they just, just to the fact that, you know, get off cash, get off cash, get off cash. This is coming. Oh, okay. Stop so you think cash. they're doing Stop to drive cash. people into, yeah, further yeah. into the system. Yeah. 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 And I mean, look, and I, and I was reading some stuff like, I mean, there's tons of partners <laughs> in this, including Venmo and then Zelle. Zelle was set up yeah. by the major banks anyway. I mean, they're all partners, but to me, that's not surprising. What did people think all this stuff was about anyway? What did people think Apple Pay and Google Wallet and Venmo and Cash App and all these things were about? Training the next right. generation to get used to digital transactions i mean that's what that always was about i mean they, they didn't build that for our convenience <laughs> they built it right. because it was laying the foundation and starting to be able to test this infrastructure through through the so-called private sector uh, right. financial institutions right all right so you want to jump into uh green swan yeah let's just finish this up real quick i just want to read that last sentence there the creation of the network for greening the financial system NGFS is another success of such cooperation. Cooperation meaning, you know, between all of the uh, the finance ministers. Possibly in the, scroll down, next page. Very spirited Brenton Woods. On the other hand, the recent global debates have been dominated by reaction against multilateralism. This mindset obviously does not help in combating climate change and delays collective action on the real problem. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Keep scrolling. Yeah, and for the people that are just uh, tuning into this, Brenton Woods was very important because that's where we established the World Bank and the International Monetary Fund. Meanwhile, yeah. all that was going on, folks. We were setting up the World Federalist Society, the World Constitution. I mean, all this stuff was being done at the same exact time. Scroll back up. Scroll back up. Okay. Given the difficulty of managing global commons, one concrete way of moving towards a, a, such a global governance of climate and finance, financial stability would be to set up a new international agency <laughs> that would play a role on two levels with a financial support mechanism between countries in case of severe climate events, you know, like a hurricane, <laughs> and B, supervision of climate policies being put in place. Scroll down. <clears throat> Scaling up this? these common-based mechanisms may require a major overhaul of the global governance system. <laughs> and now it's Yet all making sense. They, right. They could become essential to build green and multilateral financial system uh, capable of channeling savings from all parts of the world to finance the low-carbon transition. The big green grip. Now, let me ask you this, Jim, and all the research that you've done now since you went through this. So now you're looking back in history at the whole Rockefeller crime family. I mean, literally the worldwide crime syndicate. <clears throat> what is your thesis on the purpose of everything they did? Like create, okay, 
controlling the fossil fuels, controlling energy, controlling the natural resources, and then setting up all the supposed opposition that is really then being used to further industrialize all of these uh, so-called third world countries, these primitive areas. What's the whole purpose? Is it just complete and total world domination? I mean, is that like if you if you had to ask a Rockefeller, you know, you were sitting there drinking coffee with him in his uh, creepy castle, and you said, "What is all this about? Everything that you've done?" Would he just tell you world domination? I think so because if you look at going all the way back to John D. and then their father, his father, they are they the Rockefellers are extremely meticulous and detail-oriented in everything, number one. Number two, they are huge population control eugenicists. They want the population lowered globally. Number three, they absolutely hate competition. They Mm. consider it completely evil. They want a monopoly in everything they do, literally. Now they got they, they formed a truce with the Rothschilds because they couldn't absolutely dominate them like everybody else. Mm-hmm. And certainly, there's been other industries where you know industry titans like Ford or Carnegie uh, of the steel magnet, where they've had to like work together because they can't control every industry. Um, but they want they want world control, and they want to control the resources. I mean, David Rockefeller said it when we went off the gold standard and you better own the natural resources. So they're trying to get the natural resources in the South. In addition to that, really sustainable development is about developing the Southern hemisphere, more money for them. (laughs) And by the way, that, that phrase was coined in 1972. Mm -hmm. Yeah. By Barbara Ward, I think her name was Mm -hmm. friend of the Rockefellers. Um, so, so yeah, I would say it's just total control. It has nothing to do in power. It has nothing to do with money. They've got tons of money. Right. Well, that's what I'm saying. So it's complete and total centralization and monopolization of the planet is basically what they want. Yep. Well, that's, uh, that is a worthy goal, my friend. That's <laughs> <laughs> makes us way underachievers. <laughs> I'd say so. Definitely. Yeah. I need to read about 300,000 more paid documents. <laughs> oh, my God. It's insane. You need to read them. No, you need to be the one funding the writing of all the documents and the implementation yeah, right. of them all. All right. right. So I'm scrolling down let's through here. Folks, just, just so you know, I'm going to repeat it one more time. That's it. All this stuff is available. Um at pain.tv slash gold. But what I will do, uh, really the only social media I mess around with right now, even though we're going to start doing more, is uh, Twitter. So I'll share this uh, link there too. Because, I I mean, Jim, you don't care, right? I mean, you did all this work. You'd rather have people get it, right? Sure. Okay. I mean, it might as well not go wasted, ladies and gentlemen. All right, keep going down through here. This is not a grift. I'm not looking for money. Well, you should, well, no, if you were charging for it because you did all the work, it's one thing. The the grift would be more if you just highlighted the whole entire thing and then charged people for it. Yeah. <laughs> hover over that, uh, hover over that comment. Let me see it. 
Let's see. He's and then there's also comments in these documents. Oh, socially just eugenics. It says. Yeah. Um, <laughs> when you read about their their eugenics and population control stuff, I mean they literally will tell. Right. You know, you got to make hard decisions. Sorry. One person wrote that you need to have a government um, like uh, passport to even have children. I read that in a Rockefeller book. Yeah, you know, Jim, it's crazy because I did crazy. a lot. I did a number of shows on the eugenics movement that grew out of really the economists of the Ivy League schools yeah. in the late eighteen hundreds, early nineteen hundreds. See, I think part of what, um, unless you've found something else, but I think part of the issue, because I always say to myself, why would they have created a population boom and then have to worry about population reduction? Well, if you go back, the, the big population boom came after or as a result of the industrial era and machines and everything else. And so I think that might have been one of their first big mistakes that maybe they didn't plan for. Uh, was the population boom, you know, because you say, well, why, why did they help create yeah. this population boom? And then now they've got to worry about how they lower it from seven and a half billion back to a billion or whatever their dream is. And uh, right. I'm like, I, you know, that could have been an error, right? All of a sudden they go, oh, industrial error caused this problem. Now we got to figure out how to resolve it. Yeah, well, I was reading also, you know, when they attacked the nuclear power in industry, it was because it was a threat to the oil industry. Mm -hmm. and, and for the folks listening, um, you know, to bring it to current day, you better get up on your hydrogen colors. They've got gray <laughs> hydrogen, blue hydrogen, green hydrogen. Um, but <laughs> to explain the grift, gray hydrogen is made from basically methane, natural gas, okay? But the CO2 that remains is not stored or captured. Okay, that's gray hydrogen. Blue hydrogen, like the color of my water bottle, um, is where the same process, except you do capture and store the CO2. Now, companies like Exxon are getting big into this blue hydrogen. Well, all it means is they're going to produce a bunch of natural gas, make money. They're going to capture the CO2 on the creation of the hydrogen, and they're building this giant facility down in Bayswater, Texas. I think it'll be ready in about four or five years. Um, but they capture the CO2 and either inject it into the ground somewhere or inject it into stimulate, you know, some other oil and natural gas fields. But when they do that, they get to create, they get a bunch of carbon credits. So they make money there too. And then they sell the blue hydrogen and make money there too. And maybe they get carbon credits for the blue hydrogen also. And then the green hydrogen is basically the same as blue hydrogen except the electricity that you use to split uh the natural gas from the co2 from the hydrogen okay comes from wind and solar <laughs> there's, there's your color breakdowns but it's all produced from natural gas drilling mm -hmm. all of it yes i know that's the one thing i always keep saying uh the upside at least for you uh, every time you send this stuff over, you know, from the books and everything, I go, well, at least you know one thing. Your oil and gas royalties are safe. <laughs> it's not going anywhere. I think when you, when you pick that industry to get into, and then you got hooked on researching all of this, you must have been pretty excited. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I own a lot of royalties. So, yeah, I was pretty excited. 
<laughs> yeah. I mean, this just basically says it's not going anywhere. 